Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study on the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, open your Bibles. If you need a Bible, please raise your hand quickly and we will run one to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And as you turn your Bibles, let's turn our hearts. Father, we love you. We are glad to be here today. Amen, saints. Glad to just hear what you have to say. And may the spirit of God speak to this body. Lord, give us understanding. Lord, may our understanding be your understanding. Father, may, may the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God come forth now as we talk about, as we look into, peer into these awesome, wonderful gifts that you have given the church to profit with all. We love you, Lord, and we honor you today. In Jesus' name we pray, and all the saints agree, agree and said. Amen. Amen. If you haven't been with us, we've been doing a series of studies on the Holy Spirit. And I've been really excited. I've got to be honest with you. I've been really excited about this study because, you know, I, I, want, I want my understanding of um, God and the things of God to come out of the scriptures, to come out of the Bible. I don't want my understanding to be the understanding that my denomination taught me or what I've known and what I've learned over the years through another person of what I've been told. I want to know what God's word says so that I can have a right biblical understanding of the things of God. And so I've been really excited about this study on the Holy Spirit because it's been shaping me and teaching me. And I, and I think that in the life of this church, you know, this church is only seven years old. And we'll talk a little bit about how this church got started a little bit later on this, uh, this afternoon. But, um, you know, this church is seven years old. And, and the church has been growing rather quickly. If you've been here, you know that. And, um, and God's been doing a great and awesome, awesome work here. But also with church growth and with the church growing as quickly as we have been, you know, the, it's easy to, to, to everybody to be thinking what they want and thinking what they understand and people coming from all different backgrounds and, and socioeconomic backgrounds and, 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 and denominations and, and, and all different kinds of understandings, especially in the area concerning the Holy Spirit. And so um, I've been really excited about teaching this study. And, and, and going through these, these, these very simple things concerning the, the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And we, last week, we began a general introduction to the gifts of the Spirit. And we talked about that. We talked about that the gifts are diverse, but yet the same Spirit. The gifts are diverse, the ministries are different, and the activities are diverse, but it's all the same Spirit, the same Lord, and the same God doing the work through the gifts. We talked about that last week. 
There's so many different camps and so many different ideas about the gifts of the Spirit. There are some who say that the gifts are no longer for today. There are some who say that, you know, there's no gifts at all. The gifts should never be operated. They're gone. And we'll talk about that in a little bit as to why people think that in the coming weeks. We'll talk about that. As to why people think the gifts have ceased, they will tell you. And then there are those who say that, you know, some of the gifts are for today and some are not. And so we're to, you know, have some of the gifts operating in the church and some not. And then there are other groups who say, well, all of the gifts are to be operating in the church in an unhindered and uncontrolled manner. So every time I come to church, I ought to see the gifts of the Spirit moving and, and the Spirit of God. And thus we have all kinds of circus kind of events going on in the church today. Am I the only one that sees this stuff? Am I the only one that sees that there's, there's weird stuff going on in the churches today? And then what happens is, is the unbelieving world, they look at that and they go, man, that is a circus. You got dancing bears and clowns and all kinds of stuff in the church. And if that's, if that's the Holy Spirit moving, I want nothing to do with it. And so you got people on all extremes. Listen, our understanding of the Holy Spirit has got to come and the gifts of the Spirit has got to come from the Word of God. Amen? Otherwise, we're all free to think what we want. And if that be the case, then let's just all go home. I mean, we're free to think whatever we want about the Bible and about the gifts and about every subject in the Bible. We can just think what we want. Then why do we come? Why not just stay away and think what you want and believe what you want? But if God's word be true, which God's word is true, then we need to get our understanding and a biblical perspective concerning the gifts of the Spirit. Every subject, but particularly this morning, the gifts of the Spirit. Over the next several weeks, not next week because we have a Christmas sermon next week. And, uh, but the week after and the following weeks, we are going to be dealing with the gifts and in depth, individually, we're going to look at the gifts. Last week, we looked at Romans chapter 12, and we see some gifts of the Spirit there. And in Ephesians chapter 4, and we see some gifts of the Spirit there. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which where we are this morning, we see some gifts there. Over the next several months, it'll probably take us, we'll take three or four of these gifts and look at them in depth. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 4, saints, this morning we're going to look at the word of wisdom. If you're taking notes, I sure hope you are. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the gift of faith. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Those three gifts of the Spirit to the church. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the gifts of the gift of faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 Beginning in verse 4, saints, if you're there, say a hearty amen. Amen. Verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Look at that. Different gifts, same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but it's the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit. Underline that word manifestation in your Bible. Circle it. Highlight it. For the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of everyone else. For to one is given the word of wisdom. Here is a list of the gifts. And by the way, they're not listed in priority. In other words, first is the most important gift and Last of the nine gifts listed here would be the least important. That is not Paul's point here. 
He is giving us a list of the gifts of the Spirit. None more important than the other. Amen? Absolutely not. They're diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. So, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But in verse 11, one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one, each individually, as he will. Stop right there. Give me your attention. Notice in verse 7, Paul says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each to profit all. This word manifestation is very key in our understanding of these gifts that are listed here and how they function and how they operate in the church. This word is very important. The word manifestation, it literally means a shining forth. Now write that in your Bible margin. It means a shining forth or an expression to make visible, perceivable, recognizable. In other words, the spiritual gifts, the gifts of the spirit are a tangible way for the Lord to be seen. Now, you can't miss this. The gifts are a tangible way for the Lord to be seen, not man. Amen. The gifts are a tangible way for God to be seen. So when the gifts are operating, God should be seen. God should be expressed. The shining forth from the Lord should come forth from from the people as the gifts are moving. The gifts are this shining forth, this expression of the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. And when those gifts are exercised properly, they are a manifestation of the Spirit of God so that the people of God can see the Lord moving in their midst. Very important. Now, first of all, the word of wisdom. Now, let's talk about that for a minute. I think you already know. I'm sure you know. The word wisdom and knowledge are two different things. Oh, you knew that. Wisdom and knowledge are two different things. Knowledge has to do with facts, while wisdom tells you what to do with those facts. Knowledge has to do with facts. Wisdom Tells you what to do with those facts. Or in other words, wisdom is the application of knowledge. How do you apply knowledge? Now, when I was coming up for junior high, elementary, junior high school, I went to parochial school. Any of you guys go to Catholic school? That's Catholic school. Okay. I went to Catholic school. And, and I'll never forget. In Catholic school, you know, the nuns. They something else, y'all. The nuns are something. If you, the, you know, penmanship. Most Catholic people that come from Catholic school, they have really good penmanship. You know why? Because if you hold your pen wrong, the nuns would come by and whack your knuckles with a ruler and make your knuckles bleed. And whoop, fix that pen. And you're like, okay. But you know, you get good penmanship. Well, I went to junior high, elementary, to parochial school. And I will never forget when I was in school, 
there was this kid named John King and the King family. And John was smart. I mean, this kid, you you remember like from, it's funny how your mind works. You can remember stuff like years and years ago. And I don't know how I remember this kid's name. But John King, he was so smart, so intelligent. He, he just, he didn't hardly study. I mean, and this guy would get straight A's. And me, I had to study hard, work hard, and I had to really put forth effort to get an F. I, I mean, I would work hard, and I was okay in, in, in grammar. I was actually pretty good with grammar and English. That was kind of my subject in spelling. and spelling. Uh, but, but math was my awful, awful, awful subject. And, and algebra, I mean, I could, can't even spell it. I mean, it's just, I just don't know. I just don't get it. I don't know what the deal is. I mean, I can't balance my checkbook and all that. You know what I mean? Y'all can't rip me off of no money. I just want you to know that, all right? But, but, but other than that, it passed that. I don't know a whole lot. And so I worked really, really, really hard in school. John King, he worked not so hard. And he got all A's. His whole family, they were one of those families in school where the whole family just excelled at everything. And, and I remember we used to sell um, in Catholic school, they, you know, for different drives and stuff. You'd sell like chocolate candy bars. Y'all remember that? They'd give you like a box of candy bars and almonds or regular plain, whatever. And you take them and sell them. And, you know, you're trying to win the prize by selling the most candy bars. Or in Philly, we used to sell pretzels. So you can get a bunch of pretzels and go out and sell them all, you know. And, and I remember this whole family, every year, bar none, they used to win all the prizes. The whole family. They were just the family they excelled. I couldn't stand them. I mean, it just drove me nuts every single year. They were all so smart. They all did well. They were all on the honor roll. They were really smart. And some of you guys are very, very smart. You have a lot of knowledge. But you know what? I know a lot of people who have a lot of knowledge, and so do you, who have a lot of knowledge that do some really dumb things. You know people like that. I know people, men they are smart. But they do some really, really dumb things. And so wisdom, having wisdom and having knowledge is two totally different things. I know people that have a lot of knowledge, but they don't know how to apply that knowledge. Just because you have knowledge doesn't mean you have wisdom. Now, what Paul is talking about here, though, is he's talking about the gift of the word of wisdom. He's talking about a gift. He really isn't talking about the wisdom that some people do have. Some people do have natural wisdom. They naturally do wise things and make smart choices and and that kind of thing. But Paul's not talking about that even. He's talking about a gift. It's the gift of the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom, listen, isn't a vast reservoir of wisdom that you can draw on at will. It is not this unending vat or reservoir of wisdom that you can draw on at will. It's a gift. It's the gift of the word of wisdom. Paul is talking about an anointing from the Holy Spirit that comes upon you in a time of need. It's supernatural wisdom. I like to call it supernatural common sense. It's supernatural. God will give you a word of wisdom to rightly apply knowledge in a given situation. You see, oftentimes God will send someone to give you a specific word of wisdom for your situation, for your circumstance. 
God will send someone or send a person and you'll be talking to them and God will speak a word of wisdom to them so that they can give that to you. Wisdom comes from the Lord. God puts people in your life that he'll use to bring forth that wisdom. Listen, wife, wife, listen. Your husband can have wisdom. Amen. All the men are saying, amen, brother. Tell her, man. That's what I've been trying to tell her. She can listen to me. And wife or, or husband, your wife can bring forth wisdom on rare occasions, but she can. <laughs> Sorry. God can use anyone. To give, to bring forth wisdom. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22. It says, without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 6. For by wise counsel, you will wage your own war. And in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. You see, God wants to bring wisdom to your life. And it's important for you to be willing to receive it. You know, oftentimes we're not willing to receive it. And when you're not willing to receive wisdom, you know, we talk about quenching the spirit. We've all heard that. You quench the Holy Spirit. Listen, you quench the spirit when you're not willing to receive wisdom. You know, children, kids, youth, young folks. You know, I, I, you know when I was coming up, I used to think my mom didn't know anything. Well, if you, well you don't, don't raise your hand, but you, you know what I'm saying. I think everybody thought that. Your mom, your dad, oh, what do they know? They're old. They don't know. You know what? I'll tell you what. They have wisdom, and if you would listen to them sometime, you might learn something. You know, it's amazing how people think they, you ever meet people that think they know everything? You think you know everything. You don't know everything. You can't know everything. You're not God. You don't know everything. Therefore, God can and wants to use other people to bring forth wisdom in your life. You need that. You need to listen. You know, I heard this story by Paul Harvey. Some of you know who he is. And um, he tells a story of a middle school in Oregon who was faced with a unique problem. A number of girls were beginning to use lipstick and they would put it on in the bathroom. And that was fine, but... After they put it on, they would press their lips against the mirror, leaving dozens of lip prints. Oh, they had been asked to stop on several occasions without compliance. Well, finally, the principal thought something's got to be done. And so she called the girls to the bathroom and she met them there with the school janitor. She explained that all these lip prints were causing a major problem to the janitor who had to clean the mirrors every day. And to demonstrate how difficult the mirrors were to clean, she asked the janitor to clean the mirrors. Well, he took out a long-handled squeegee, and he dipped it into the toilet. And then he cleaned the mirrors. And since then, there were no lip prints. Y'all know y'all better listen, all right? I'm just trying to help. That's all. I'm just trying to help you out my ministry just trying to help you out but you need to be willing to receive it and be willing to listen to wisdom (laughs) but you know a classic illustration in the old testament 
the classic illustration, classic story of a word of wisdom coming from a man who was the wisest man who ever lived on the earth. What was his name? Solomon. He was the wisest man. And Solomon, even Solomon needed a word of wisdom. The story is found in 1 Kings chapter 3. Two women came to Solomon claiming to be the mother of the same child. Both of the women had babies, and in the middle of the night, one of the mothers rolled over on her baby and suffocated it. And then she stole the other woman's baby. And so they had a dispute as to who baby, whose baby it was. My baby is your baby. Mine is yours. Mine. They went back and forth. And so they came to Solomon and to settle the dispute. And Solomon listened. And then Solomon said to one of his servants, he said, bring me a sword. And the servant brought the sword. And Solomon said, what we'll do is we'll cut the baby in half and we'll give you half and we'll give her the other half. And the mother, the fake mom, she says, great, let's divide him. But the real mom, she said, no, no, let her have him. Now, I don't know about you, but I see incredible wisdom there. And I see a word of wisdom coming in the life of Solomon because, I mean, you think about it. What if it didn't work? What if both of them would have said, okay, let's do that. Let's cut them in half. You take the top half, I'll take the bottom. What if? You see, that was an incredible word of wisdom because I don't care how smart you are, you don't come up with stuff like that. I mean, that's just not like Solomon was like sharp. He was like a really sharp guy. Now, you don't come up with stuff like that now. So that was an incredible word of wisdom there in the Old Testament. Well, then not only in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament also in Acts chapter 6. If you're taking notes, look it up in your own time. In Acts chapter 6, there was dispute in the church. And the disciples, they got together and, with the multitude and, and a word of wisdom came forth as they said, you know what? We shouldn't leave. There was a dispute between the welfare, church welfare system, between the Grecians and the Hebrews and who was getting more and that kind of stuff. And the disciples, they said, you know what? They got together and the multitudes got together and they said, you know, we, we're not going to leave the word of God in prayer to go serve tables. They said, so appoint seven men. And there you have the first deacons, Acts chapter 6. Appoint seven men who can oversee this matter, but we're going to give ourselves to, to the word and to prayer. And the Bible says that the saying pleased the whole multitude. How a word of wisdom? What does a word of wisdom do when it comes forth from God? Guess what? It settles and diffuses tense, difficult situations. When it's wisdom that comes from God, it settles things. And of course, most certainly, if you want to see wisdom in action, you look to Jesus. In Jesus, in the person of Jesus, see, all true wisdom comes from God. Amen, saints? All true wisdom comes from God. You want to see wisdom and look in the person of Jesus. All wisdom comes from knowing God and fearing God. You listen, you are a wise person if you will live your life to fear God. You are a foolish person if you do not live your life to fear God. You are a wise person if you will obey God and do what God tells you to do. You know what to do. The Bible tells you what to do. You know, if you do what you know, it's in Micah. 
He has shown thee, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of thee, to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God, Micah 6.8. If you will do what God tells you to do, that's wise. You're a wise person, and God's going to bless you. But if you don't, then you're a foolish person. And the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One, that's understanding. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6, for the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And if you've got a situation in your life and you need wisdom, James chapter 1, verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, then ask God. Notice it doesn't say call your girlfriend. Amen. <laughs> Don't call your buddy at work. Talk to your buddies at the job or whatever it is you do. If you want wisdom, the Bible says, ask God. Ask God, and he will give it to you lavishly. He promises he will, liberally, without reproach, and it will be given to you. See, if you acknowledge the Lord in all your situations, he'll give you wisdom. And when wisdom comes forth, it settles with the hearers. And we all say, amen. That's the wisdom of God. Well, then secondly, the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge. Now, like wisdom, the word of knowledge isn't a vast reservoir of knowledge that you can tap into at any time. It isn't. It, the word of knowledge is not a, an accumulation of knowledge. It's supernatural. It's not or has nothing to do with your learning. It's not about the knowledge that you have of the Bible. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.